today on the Self Smarter Podcast. The baby doesn't see themselves as being separate from your body yeah. until like later. Oh, it was like close to like six months or beyond. I believe that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it's tough, you know, if you're going back to work after six, eight, even twelve weeks, the baby doesn't know that they're that you aren't part of their body still. So that it's mm-hmm. it's very hard. Hi, we're Danelle and Megan, the hosts of this conversation-centric podcast for leaders seeking to be better every day. Whether you choose to be a leader in the workplace, at home, or in your community, we believe the most effective leaders are equipped to not only be self-starters, but self-smarter. Hello, and welcome to Self Smarter. I'm Megan, and today I have the great pleasure of speaking to two rock star professionals and new moms at DMA, Mackenzie McLeod, who leads our brand team and business at DMA. Hi. Hi. How's it going? It's going well. I'm so glad you're here. All right. Glad to be here. And Mackenzie and I are also here with Hannah Wadley, who you might remember from a recent-ish episode 72, where we talked about hiring the ideal team player. You did a killer job, so I know everybody's going to remember. Thank you. Welcome back. Hello. Nice to be back. I'm so glad you're back. Okay. So we're going to dive headfirst in the topic of coming back to work as a new mom. This is something we've heard people say they want to hear about. They know that we had a baby boom at DMA and they're like, what if your new moms like got on there and like talked about life as a new mom? So both of you have extensive experience with this. It's been about a year, right? So we just had one birthday celebration one one year birthday celebration of little clay yes and then we're going to have one in december for palmer okay so before we jump into our discussion we want to get into the realities of it all let's hop to this quick commercial and we'll be right back hello self smarter listeners i can't believe the new year is right around the corner like what exactly happened to 2023 i can't believe it what a blip i don't know about you but i'm getting excited about starting a fresh new year in my life and here on the podcast And in other news, I want to be honest with you. The more I think about building a podcast schedule for 2024, the more I think about you. I'm wondering if Danelle and I are really talking about the things that keep you up at night relative to leadership or alternatively, what's working for you that you want us to shout out from the rooftops. Tell us what you want to hear, dear listeners. Send us an email at info at beselfsmarter.com or just DM us on social media and tell us what's up with you. What do you want us to tackle and unpack for you in 2024? You know us, we're so happy to do it. And if it is meaningful to you, hit us up and tell us more. Okay, so why are we talking to our new moms, Mackenzie and Hannah today? Two reasons really. So first, I hope to uncover some realities that we have faced at our company working with these two women specifically. We've had others these two today and how we manage through and what life is feeling like after coming back to work as a new mom. Second, I think it's imperative as leaders that we know the facts so we can recognize when people may need emotional help or flexibility for the sustainability and culture of our own organizations. So I've already talked to Mac and Hannah about, we call McKinsey Mac at DMA. So sorry if I (laughs) abbreviate that often, but I just want y'all to know they are obviously emotional about it because they're still deep into that. They're like in that first year or just past it. And so they're still really feeling the emotions of what it's like to be a new working mom. So along the lines of my first point, I wanted to underline that according to the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists, obstetricians, sorry, and gynecologists, they recommend ongoing postpartum care from birth to 12 weeks. Meanwhile, 
Six weeks is the standard recovery time allotted for childbirth-related short-term disability from an insurance perspective and oftentimes what businesses account for in maternity leave policies. And this statistic was published in February of 2022, and that is based on, like I said, American college, not any other country. Second, according to the Harvard Business Review, which we lovingly call HBR, 43% of highly qualified women with children voluntarily leave their jobs at some point in their careers compared to 19% of men. Furthermore, statistics show that many women choose not to return to work after maternity leave. So why is that? And what does this tell us as leaders? That's why we have these women on today. First, I think we need to understand what people need as individuals from a maternity leave and postpartum perspective, as no two mothers have the same experience ever. And that's something that as a leader, if you're a parent, you probably know that just based on your own experience. But that for for me, I just, I remember keeping telling y'all that like that, this is y'all are each going to have something completely different. And even years into it, it's all going to be different because everyone has their own set of circumstances. Secondly, if we're unable to offer flexibility as leaders and compassion for our new moms in the workplace, we may lose them altogether. As I mentioned, research shows women who feel supported and valued during their maternity leave are more likely to return to work after giving birth and those that don't won't, Mm -hmm. period. So where do you stand, leaders? What's going on with you and the new parents in your office? Let's talk about it. So let's start with Hannah. Hannah, after 19 years of us conducting business, you were the first actual person to have a baby while fully employed at DMA. We have mothers. I'm a mother. Marcy's a mother. Danelle's a mother. But we didn't have the babies while we were working at DMA. Yeah. So you were our first Tell us a little bit about your baby and how life after coming back to work has been for you. So Clay is just turning one. He just turned one at the end of October. And so that first year went by quick and slow all at the same time. Um, Crazy to think that he's already one. Um, I know. But coming back to work, it definitely, it was ever changing. I feel like I pretty much lived on a day-to-day, week-by-week basis. Yeah. We had the luxury of working at DMA. I say we, because Mackenzie and I, as we came back that first few weeks, we were able to gradually Mm -hmm. come back in. So we started like two to three days a week, which honestly, that adjustment alone was so helpful because otherwise you're going cold turkey, like at home 24-7 with your baby to at the office five days a week. That would have been a really tough transition, I believe, which is actually standard. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. Absolutely. That's what most of my girlfriends did. And so we were very lucky in that sense. That was the plan coming back two to three days a week, gradually working our ways back up. And then once he turned six months, my goal was to have him back in daycare so I could go back to the office full time. That's right. Which is kind of what happened, kind of not what happened. Um, I was on a wait list for a daycare that was supposed to open in April. So I had a whole nother variable that factored into play because the daycare opening got delayed and delayed and delayed. I was very lucky to have family um, that, that was available to help me. And so we were able to lean on them for the months in between. And then he didn't actually start daycare until August, right? which, you know, he's knocking 10 months at that point. So that looked different for me than what I originally planned. And he started daycare. We were in daycare for about five to six weeks. And then we got hit with that daycare sickness that was just constant for about six weeks straight. Um, a few hospital visits, a hospital stay, <sighs> lots of illness, and I ended up pulling him from daycare. And so my scenario definitely ended up a little bit differently. I am now part-time. Mm-hmm. 
So the ebbs and flows and the changes, it was every month looked different. So you definitely can't prepare for what it's going to look like. So I'll interject here because I, looking at the ads as your leader, watching you, is as much as we try, as much as we all work to satisfy the mom's needs and the baby's needs and the business's needs, which is ultimately the goal. And you in the operations position that you're in, you of all people. Yeah. It was like you had to serve all the audiences, including Uh yourself. So I saw dedication and, and loyalty relative to what you said you were going to do and trying to do it. What I felt like was really hard for you was I think the disconnection, I think you handled well, like the being apart from him, Mm -hmm. like when you actually came to the office, like it was okay. It wasn't like the end of the world, but it was more when he started to get ill and you felt like, well, the sleeping. So there's that. Yeah. That's always sprinkled in there too. When they're not sleeping. You weren't sleeping. You're not sleeping. And you were weepy. Yeah. And you never cry. No, the tears hit with this sickness. <laughs> it was just like we could not catch a break. And then, you know, you feel so much guilt as their mother because you're you're there to protect them. Yes. And I felt like I was not protecting him because I was forcing him to go to this place he didn't want to go to. And then he would come home and be ill. And I'm like, does this make sense? You know, you feel guilty in that sense. So that was very challenging for me. Yeah. For several weeks. I just don't know that leaders know to ask or honestly I'm gonna be honest I don't think a lot of people care yeah I've been in the seat where I don't think they cared I agree with that and I left because of it and then came to DMA but I didn't want that for y'all Danelle didn't want that for you and so what was good about it all that tough stuff that I just said what was good about it was that you were willing to be vulnerable and just be like Megan I'm on the edge Mm -hmm. like I'm on the edge dude like, can I do this? What does this look like? What if I moved to part-time? How do you feel about that? Is it going to work for the business? Is it going to work? You know? And so we were able to work through that fairly quickly yeah. because I could see the struggle. Mm-hmm. It was so blatant. We all knew it. And we're a small enough team to where we all are all in each other's business. So we could see the Hannah that we thought was going to come back and has struggled through all these changes was just miserable. Well, and it's crazy because I was back full time for almost I 10 know. months. And then mis- wild. And so, and it was working and then like all of a sudden it's it so wasn't. abrupt. So it's like, you really just cannot plan what's going to happen. No. It was just so sad. Ever. And I'm so career oriented, still am. And so it was just a, a, you know, a balancing act of what do I need right now in this season to make me feel good? And that's feasible for the business and the baby. And so Tough. hence where I am now. Yeah. Not easy. There's a lot to you know, give and take, but that's what it's all about. And it'll always be that way in motherhood. Right. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Okay. Mackenzie, your baby arrived shortly after Hannah's. So the two of you were really instrumental in leading our business through the pregnancy. I just want to make that clear to everybody. Like not only were these women having babies, but they were setting up the policy and they were executing against what we had written to make sure that it worked so that other people could have babies in a more organized way, I guess. And and it was like, we were kind of stumbling through it, but that's fine because I couldn't pick any two better people to do it. So tell us a little bit about your baby McKenzie and how life has been for you after coming back to work. Sure. So, um, she is coming up on 11 months now here in the next, um, right around Thanksgiving. Uh, her name's Palmer. Um, so, you know, I, I think coming back, coming back to work, the hardest thing for me, I think, was the sleep deprivation. I was t- 
tired. Um, I mean, maybe I'm just more of a, I think I'm a higher sleep needs type person. Like I don't, I don't do well on like chronic, like small amounts of sleep. I really, really need to get like at least, you know, I say at least six, but ideally seven to eight hours of sleep a night to function at my best. So that was the biggest challenge for me is I was just so, so, so tired. And, um, you know, I felt it, it, the hardest part was feeling like I was doing my best at work because I was so tired all the time and Mm -hmm. just struggling. It's like almost like a struggle to get through the day because, Mm. you know, I'm like, Oh, I need, I need to go take a nap. Like, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And you, with the work that you, you can't nap. So you go from, (laughs) <laughs> maternity leave where at least you could sneak in a nap yes when they sleep sleep when they you sleep. know mm-hmm. it may even if it's a short one but you can try and sneak in a nap here and there throughout the day when you're home with them yeah and that's what helps get you through the fact that they're waking up every two to three hours all night long but then you come back and they're still waking up every two to three hours all night long and now you've got to get up and go to work and you're like what so that for me i think was the hardest hardest thing. Did that affect um, you? Like, so McKinsey is one of our more strategic thinkers in the business. And so if you are working with DMA in a capacity where a lot of your marketing is coming through and like the stakes are, you know, 2023's marketing plan, not being executed, yeah. for example, yeah, <laughs> or not meeting your marketing goals, you know, like how did you yeah. get through that? I mean, for so many different the work companies, got done. yeah, I the know work got done at the end of the day. So I, I, you tell me, I don't know if it's anything anyone else noticed. Um, I mean, other than you telling me, yeah, yeah. So the work, the work got done at the end of the day. I made sure things were happening. A lot of times what happened too, is I was oftentimes working at night sometimes a little bit when I would get home, um, just to make sure that you know, I was staying on top of things and staying and feeling sharp. Even when I didn't feel sharp, I was trying to stay on top of things. So I think the work got done at the end of the day. I just, I didn't feel like my best self mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Has that gotten better? It, as it the has absolutely gotten better. So time has progressed. Yes. It was a rough, rough go several months. It, at it the was beginning. Like, yeah. I was just like, I felt like I was just in survival mode, just in survival mode for a while. And then I think it was probably around the seventh month mark, probably close to eight month mark. We turned a corner with sleep mm-hmm. and she yeah. stopped having night wakes like at all. She started sleeping through the night. Now I know that doesn't happen for every mom. So that's another thing where it's going to be different. Different babies do different things. Some people don't have babies that sleep through the night until they're Right. Toddlers. Right. Or some people have a baby that sleeps through the night in the beginning and then suddenly Mm -hmm. stops. So I think the thing for leaders to take away and be aware of is sleep deprivation is so real until you've been through it. You don't understand. You don't. Like there were there was moments where I was like it was bad enough to where I'm like I'm like it's making me crazy. Mm -hmm. It was that bad. So yeah. Yeah, but when we turned that corner and she started sleeping through the night, it was like, hallelujah. And I felt like I started showing up. Mackenzie came back. Yeah, I came back. Like, I felt a lot better, mm-hmm. looked better. I started, you know, I started to feel more like myself again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a hard thing to navigate. And again, if you're listening to this as a leader and you don't have children or you've never given birth, you know, I mean, it's different. 
it's just different. And you, all I'm asking and what I've asked these women to do is share these things so that you, if you don't have somebody who's telling you these things, get ready. Or if you have someone who's pregnant working within your organization and they don't know what's coming at them, get ready. They probably don't. They don't. You can never project what's going to happen. And just by example here, Hannah had a rougher time towards the end of the first year mm-hmm. where McKinsey was not sleeping in the first part of the year. And now she's kind of awakened. So everyone's thing is going to be different. The, the, the constant has to be you really leader. You have to be the one that's there listening, understanding, and working with these people to help them be them be- their best selves. And I don't know that we've done that. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like we try, but our intentions are good. But I don't know, you know, and I yeah. don't expect all to answer that. I'm just saying I want to be very clear about that, that I by no means think we did anything perfectly. I think that we are learning always and it all depends on the mother mm-hmm. or the circumstance. And so there is no right way or wrong way to do it. The worst thing you can do is ignore it. Right. So I want to ask you all this question. So when you were both on maternity leave, how much did you think about or worry about work? Like, so you have three months. Okay. Best mm-hmm. case, you have three months. Yeah. Were you thinking about work? Were you worrying about it? Someone asked us to ask this question. Um, mm. More than I should have, I guess I would say. Um, and that's just. Were you looking me. at email? I've yes. never. I could tell. Oh, yes. I could I, tell. Well, I was on. Yeah, I saw all the teams. Like I was, and I tried. <laughs> I responded to some of them, and then I was like, "They're going to think I'm weird." So I like stopped sometimes, but I was seeing towards them. the end of your maternity <laughs> leave, you were responding to things. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I thought that was kind of smart. Because it was like, I got to ease myself. Like I know Max Mm -hmm. brain. And so I was thinking she's easing herself back in. So it's not such a hard and fast turn. Plus she wants to catch up on all that's been going on. If she hasn't yet. A lot of it was coming Mm -hmm. also from a place was, it was a nice distraction, especially on most, some of those days during maternity leave also maternity leave is not fun. Mm -hmm. Like people need to understand it is not fun. It is not a vacation. It is a rough time. And some of it was just me distracting myself from my emotional state, yes. or my sleep def- deprivation, yeah. or, you know, we had a, a you know, um, we've had an overall really, really good journey with, with breastfeeding, but in, um, in the beginning during maternity leave, um, she was doing a lot of cluster feeding mm-hmm. and it was just hard. Cause I was just like chained to my bed and that's not like you to yeah, like that. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> And so it was like for hours and hours. And I was just like, I just needed a distraction. So some of it was honestly, yeah. Wanting to. Wanting to from a, probably not the healthiest place. Got it. You know, it, you know, it works out. It's fine. Totally. Okay. Okay. Thank you for being honest. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of that too. I mean, at the very beginning, did I think about like the work? No, I truly really was able to isolate, which is great. Mm-hmm. I was really supportive in that manner. I think what I was thinking about more was just like the people, like I was just eager for updates mm. on how everyone else was doing, like big changes going on in the business. Really just wanting to like pulse to see how everyone had been doing since we were away. I definitely kept up with email. I opened up every single email I got. Um, not necessarily intentionally like thinking about the email, but to Max point, like those 3am when you're just sitting why not? Right. breastfeeding and you're staring into black space, like why not just check up on your email. And it was helpful because it did serve as a distraction and I was able to jump back into it, having a little bit of a foundational understanding of what had been going on those last Mm -hmm. three months. So a little bit of 
yes, both Mm -hmm. thinking about it, not really thinking about Mm -hmm. it, but I feel like I was able to really disconnect Mm -hmm. and lean into baby time during those months. Yeah. And that's good. I mean, I, I, from a leader perspective, I mean, I've been there, I've been the one on maternity leave and turned that thing off. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, no, you know, no, this is my time to be with this child. And so I was able to do that too, but I knew that for y'all and I wanted that so badly for y'all. But so when I saw you responding or engaging, I didn't feel bad about it because I felt like you had a handle on doing what you wanted to do for Mm self-preservation. Like if it meant to your point, I'm numbed out and I'm just going to look at this because it's not a baby crying or Mm -hmm. I don't want to be overwhelmed as hell when I get back in two months. So let me just take a look at what's going on and get me the pulse. You know, like I totally understand that. So for leaders, you kind of have to move at the pace of the people who are on maternity leave and take that as a signal. Now, if they're looking at email because, or working because they feel like they have to, Mm -hmm. that's different. But if they're working because they want to, honestly, that's a winning scenario. Yes. So that's good to hear. Okay. So once you got back to work, how much did you worry about the baby? So here we are on the other side of that. Both of you were probably eager to get back in some regard just to do something different. And then you get back and then you're like, oh my gosh, I've just left my heart at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did it go? I think overall for me, it went, I, it went better than I expected. Um, that's good. I, I do. I, I think I was lucky in that way. Um, what's your trick? What's your, what's your, I don't know. Advice. I don't know. Unhealthy, emotional, uh, like <laughs> compartmentalization. compartmentalization. Gosh, Mac and I are so similar in that manner. Like, yeah. Both so is eight. it unhealthy? Yeah. So I don't know. I, probably. I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that to anyone, but, um, I think I'm just good at doing that. So, yeah, I think I am too. um, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to take these feelings, put them in a box and mm-hmm. shut it. And then I'm going to go to work. So I did a lot of that. Um, and I was fine overall. I didn't worry about her. I knew that, that she was in good hands. Yes. No matter what. Yes. Um, so I didn't worry about that. Also, we have the little, like when she was home and like either my husband or um, my mom or my mother-in-law were watching her when she was at home, mm-hmm. we have the little outlet camera. Mm-hmm. I know like you, yeah, the Nanit's another mm-hmm. one, like the, those are really popular now. So I could kind of check in with her sometimes and just mm-hmm. see what she, you know, watch her while she was sleeping and little things like so that. So you stay connected. Um, stay connected. Um, you know, so that was always good. And yeah, I, I think overall it went well and okay, good. I, I think handled so. it for the most part. Well, um, you know, you, there's still like, if you really think about it, yeah, you feel like there's, we talked about this the other day. It's like, you're leaving a, a piece of you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oops. I forgot my arm. You've left it. Yeah. Like it's weird. Like it still feels like it doesn't feel like she's a separate mm-hmm. entity quite yet. And it's interesting biologically too, until I can't remember what month it is, but the baby doesn't see themselves as being separate from your body yeah. until like later. Oh, it was like close to like six months or beyond. I believe that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it's tough, you know, if you're going back to work after six, eight, even twelve weeks, the baby doesn't know that they're that you aren't part of their body still. So that it's mm-hmm. it's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. How about you, Hannah? It's funny because I'm like sitting here trying to remember back nine months ago, which doesn't seem like that long ago, but when you're like in the thick of it and so much water under the bridge and you're sleep deprived to your point, it's really hard to like think back to those feelings. But I definitely not necessarily like worried about his well-being, 
he was in great hands as well, but more so just worried about how like he was feeling. Like Mm -hmm. I knew he wanted me there. So I was every minute of every day, like, Oh, like, I hope he's okay. Like, I hope he's being entertained. I hope he's not sad and missing me. That was definitely like a distraction in the sense of just that mom guilt Mm -hmm. being away from him. Like Mackenzie, I feel like I was able to come back and focus on the work. And I think compartmentalizing is exactly the best way of describing it, describing it. I knew coming back after having a baby, like I wanted to work. So that was already in my mind. And so I was able to set those expectations of it's not going to be ideal. It's going to be painful. So, but you signed up for it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that just helped because it was a decision I made. So I just followed through with it. So I do think I thought about him consistently every single day, of course, and worried in the sense of just like fundamentally being away from your baby that early on is different and Mm -hmm. weird feeling, but it was smoother than I thought Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, the big revelation was it's less about the baby. It's more about you. Mm -hmm. Like we as leaders need to worry less about the baby. The mom's got that. The dad's got that. But what we have to worry about is you, the mom Mm -hmm. or the new parent, because what you're going through emotionally and what you're going through from a deprivation perspective, hunger, sleeping, all the things, sanity, yeah, you know, all those things and those changes, that's the concern. Mm-hmm. It's not even, it's some of the things that we don't even put stock in. Like, why aren't we paying attention to the moms? Like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. And how you're doing. I don't think people do that. I think people are like, oh, how's baby? yeah, how's baby? Mm-hmm. We worry about the baby, but we need to be like, how are you, dude? Like, how are you really? Right. You know, it's a big change. Yeah, I mean, I think you can't have this conversation also without considering the realities of postpartum depression yes. and postpartum anxiety. Terrible. Very real things that moms certainly experience. And that's mm-hmm. something I think leaders just need to be aware I think I would be read up on and brush up on, you know, what that looks like and how mm. it feels and just be, be aware of what to look for. Maybe yes. the appropriate questions to ask just to make sure that, you know, that we're not experiencing some level of that. Cause that I don't, I, I think I was lucky where I don't think I had, I didn't, I didn't have any postpartum depression other than your typical baby blues, like the right. hormonal drop. So I, I did experience that. Um, I had maybe, a little bit of postpartum anxiety, but I was pretty self-aware about it and was able to work through that. But some people may not be aware that that's what they're experiencing. hundred percent. And I, that could translate into the workplace very easily. Mm-hmm. People float. I, I believe that generally people float through life and just do the thing that they thought that they were supposed to do. And they mm-hmm. think they're doing it brilliantly and they're not self-aware to your point. Mm-hmm. I don't think they think, Oh my, like I don't normally feel this way. Yeah. And now I'm standing in target and this baby is screaming and I feel a different way yeah. that I've never felt before. And what am I going to do with that? I need to do something positive about it versus something negative, right? Like, or, or nothing at all, which is worse. So to your point, I think that's a great bit of advice. Leaders, maybe even before the person goes out on maternity leave, you do it together. Yeah. Like, this is something I want you to know. I'm going to be here for you as I spend more time with you probably than your people at home do. So let me, let's, let's work on this together. Let's be aware of these things together so that we can be on the lookout for it. I think it's important to let them know that like, they've got a safe place and the door is open for them to be open and honest. I do think a lot of mothers are just like, they expect themselves to just kind of suck it up and move on. Cause that's what every woman mother does. 
it yeah. appears that way. So you don't feel like you have the right, if you will, to elevate a concern or a feeling. So I yeah. do think it's important that leaders just lay the land. And to your point, I think doing it ahead of time is probably smart just to say, hey, when you come back, it's going to be bumpy. Yes. I know yeah. it's going to be bumpy and it is okay. Like we'll be in this together. Like I'm here for support. And then that way when they do come back, they can say, yeah, you know what? You're right. This is actually yeah, a lot harder than I thought. Like, what do I do? Yeah. Yes. So it, that's, yeah. That's I want to be inclusive too. Like we're not, we're talking about women who have given birth. I want to be very inclusive right now and say people who have adopted children at yeah. any age, at any age are going to go through a massive life shift as well. Mm-hmm. It's just in this instance, we're talking to these two women who have just so happened mm-hmm. blessings have had birth. So, but I do want to say, I think that a lot of these rules apply to people who have adopted as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Sleep deprivation is Absolutely. real. Yeah. yeah. Life change is life real. Change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different. I mean, I, I was having a conversation with my sister the other day. She's expecting, um, due in March and we were talking about the realities of going back to work and, and how she's going to feel after. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I told her is that you don't expect is that you almost, you have to mourn and grieve mm-hmm. your former self and your identity. Like you're, you're, you're literally going through the five stages of grief or whatever it is after you have this baby, because life as you know, it is different gone. It's yeah. just gone. Like never the person you were before is gone. You will never be that person again. And you, you know, it's, you have to mourn it. You have to mourn your former life. And it's, I don't think people talk about that. They don't. That's where I think the baby blues come into yeah. play. Like that's similar to what I experienced too. It was just like the realization of like, whoa, okay, like old Hannah is like out the window. It doesn't, you know, little Hannah, child Hannah, irrelevant. young person yeah. Hannah, I guess. So you, I mean, everything, Mama Hannah is changes. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because once you have a child, you're a parent forever, right? Like never changes. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. So I think that's a good point, Matt. Yeah. So in researching for this and looking at themes, like themes of people, what people say relative to moms coming back to work, I've, I've listed, I've listed some themes, but I'm just going to ask them. I'm going to just address you both about them individually, because I think they hold a lot of stock. I mean, at least for me as a, you know, I've got a 17 year old now, so it's different, but still I felt these things. I went through these things. So I think these things are real. These are timeless. So let's talk about it. So you, you brought it up, Hannah, earlier. You said the word guilt, but guilt. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced guilt? When Talk to me about the guilt. Of course you have. Yeah. Tell me about it. What does that feel like? It's just one of those things where you, you know no one knows your child like you do. Right. And then you know your child wants no one else in the world but you. Yeah. And so that's a lot of weight for a mother, especially as a new mom. Um, and so the guilt of, it comes, it feels very selfish. It felt very selfish of me to mm. choose coming back to work. Mm. felt like the wrong thing to do, if I'm being honest. I felt like the right thing to do was staying home with mm-hmm. him, intending to his every need and being with him 24-7. That felt like the right thing, but it wasn't necessarily what was, like the deepest desires of my heart was to find that perfect balance, which, which there's, as we know, there's, there's not, not. Um, it's just a matter of making what works for you in that particular season. So the guilt piece was just witnessing potentially other moms being home and then me wondering like, am I wrong for 
chasing this career? Like, is that the wrong mm-hmm. move? Like, mm-hmm. am I being crazy for like, mm-hmm. like I'm so career oriented. It is something that's so passionate. Like I'm so passionate about, and I'm also of course passionate about my child. So it's just this weird pull mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Like, that's a good way to right put decision. it. A pull mm-hmm. pulling both ways. Like yeah, a rag doll. Truly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel that for sure. For sure. Um, you know, I, I think that the ideal scenario probably is for mom to stay home mm-hmm. and to be with baby. And that's just not the reality for a lot of so us. So many people. Yeah. In today's society. So, um, you know, you I think it's, I think you're going to feel those feelings of guilt and there's a reason for them and you just expect them. And, mm-hmm. you know, just know that whatever you're doing the best thing for your baby. If you're doing whatever the best thing is for your family and doing what's Mm -hmm. right and setting yourself up and, and whatever you decide that is, that's what's best for baby, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that, that's my advice there. I think the other feelings of guilt, I will say we're often in a weird way wrapped up in, in around breastfeeding. And so that's something we haven't talked about. That was a real challenge coming back to work. Um, pumping at work. And so for me personally, I was trying really, really, I was, I was not an overproducer. So I was, I produced just enough. So I was working really, really hard and I was pumping like every two hours on the dot at work. And I felt a lot of guilt around, I felt guilt about work. Like I, like I have to be in these meetings, but I have to do this. Like I have Mm -hmm. to do this. So I felt a lot of guilt around, and now I'm going to be late to this meeting because I'm still trying to finish pumping and I don't know how to fix it. I felt a lot of guilt around that. I felt a lot of guilt around, um, like, but I can't stop. If I stop, then I'm not going to be able to feed my baby. And, uh, you know, just, it was back and forth, back and forth. So I had a lot mm. of guilt wrapped up in, in that. Mm. And that was really tough for a couple, you know, several months. It was really tough. Yeah. And then, you know, I started slowly kind of changing things and adjusting a little bit. Um, and eventually, um, within the past month or so, we did start supplementing some formula too. Um, just because it ended up being like, it was time. Like I just wasn't able to keep my supply up. And honestly, that's been freeing, a freeing experience for me. Mm -hmm. It's been Uh, so helpful at work. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and I, and I knew that that would be the case, but I'd be lying if I said, I still didn't feel guilt that like, I, sh- I could have made it to 12 months and I threw the towel early. Like you, yeah. you just, there's mm-hmm. no winning. There's no winning. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are all, thank you. Very insightful. Yeah. All right. So another thing that moms talk about a lot relative to coming back to work is identity and identity shift, identity changes. You talked about this, Max. So I thought we could talk a little bit more about that. You, I think you both put a lot of expectations on yourself. And I want to assume that the audience that we're talking to as leaders or even people who are working towards leadership put a lot of expectations on themselves because they're achievers. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, and you've talked about it, Hannah, you, your career is very meaningful to you and you're career-driven. So let's talk about that. In terms of your identity, how has this whole process shifted for you? I mean, like I said, I feel like I had, I literally went through a mourning period. Yeah. 
that was that was the big identity shift for me. And that was after the baby was born, not yeah. before the baby was born. After. Within those three months, you were at home on maternity leave going, ah, old it, McKenzie's gone. That and when I was back from maternity leave, ah. I was still going through that for sure. Okay. Because, well, it was, I, I felt like, you know, oh, I have no social life anymore. I mean, I still have a version of this. Like you do... Well, and you, you know, get I FOMO. Can't do, yeah, I get FOMO. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't do the things I used to, like I did before. Like I can't just, yeah. you know. Jump and run. Yeah, drop everything and go yeah. do this. And I can't, you know, do this. And, you know, I, there's still like the anxiety around like babysitter, like, you know, what the heck with that? Like, yes. how am I going to leave her with a stranger in my house? Like, yeah. right. you know, but I have, you know, at some point I've got to fill my own cup up. Yes. So... Or she doesn't get anything. Right, mm -hmm. right. So I think, you know, I think that's a lot of what I've experienced. Um, but yeah, with identity, I think I'm still finding. Figuring it out. I'm yeah. still figuring it out. Yeah, I think that's that's my answer to that. I is like us. that. Like, I think I don't fully have my new identity cemented yet. I think that's mind. good. That's, yeah. you know what, as we're leaders, and now I'm going to frame this because y'all are leaders. When we're leading people who are going to go through this, it's good to remember that. Like you're yeah. going to go through some version of an identity change. You don't have to call it a crisis, but it's like there is a change, a shift, a something yeah. that happens for you and to you that you cannot control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of have to roll with it and expect that it's going to potentially be a long time coming. Because I can yeah. tell you, I still deal with that. Yeah. Because then what happens is the child goes through a different phase and now you've got to be present for that phase and your your identity changes because, I, okay, well now on every, you know, we're, we're, we're soccer people. Now we're soccer people. <laughs> you know, now we're baseball people, you know. And yeah. so it changes as... The child grows, you've kind of got a, your whole life revolves around those things. So that's interesting. What about you, Hannah? Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. I do feel like I'm someone who like always need, needs to have the answer to everything. Like I feel like I need to have an answer, which is, you're right. Like it's ever changing. And mm -hmm. I do believe because the baby's needs change so drastically, pretty much on a monthly basis. And to your point, like it will continue to change year by year, even up until they're 17 like Cooper. And that's still changing. Yeah. And so I do think when the baby's needs change, your needs change, mm -hmm. which means your identity will change. I do think, I mean, your identity is a mother. <laughs> that is like that's your right. new identity. And so what does that mean? I mean, I think yeah. it means a gazillion things and I think it means differently for everybody. And so as far as like, from a work standpoint, identity wise, I 1000% always imagined myself being a working mom. I don't think that's necessarily changed. It's just what quote unquote working mom looks like for me pre-baby to what it is now is completely different than what I was expecting. So I do think my expectations I put on myself definitely caused a sense of extra pressure. I felt like I really needed to show up at 100% in both areas mm. and there is give and take. Um, I think it'll be like that indefinitely, quite frankly, <laughs> for the rest of life. But I, yeah, I mean, as far as an exact identity, I think that'll evolving. Yeah. I mean, I think as long as you know, your North star, you know, like this took me a while to figure out, like I had, cause I am very career driven as well. Like the two of you. And I felt guilty because of that. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like my identity was put into work more than it was at home or that's how people perceived it. When in fact, mm -hmm. 
what I tried to do was dip in and be as deep as possible wherever I was. If I was at work, man, I was at work. And if I was at home, I was in the, you know, giving the baths and laying down and reading the books and playing the instruments and like doing the things. So it's all about that. And that's where the balance Mm -hmm. comes in for you is accepting who you are, accepting where you are Mm -hmm. in life and what phase you're in relative to rearing a person to grow up into a, you know, self sufficient human being and how you're going to get to that end. You have to have some semblance of your own identity. Otherwise, how are you going to put food on the table? I mean, let's be honest. So, you know, you say, you you have heard you say multiple times, this is all for Palmer. Everything I do is for Palmer. Mm -hmm. Every, this decision is for Palmer. And I totally get that. And sometimes the harder decisions are for them too, relative to you. You know, I need to put my marriage first. I need to put yeah. this 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 mm-hmm. concert first, even though it doesn't sound like fun. Maybe I should because we really need the time, right? I'm not being maybe, I am being a great mom by making that decision and letting this child spend time yeah. with her grandmother or his grandmother or aunt or whomever while we go take care of mama. Yeah, it's funny timing actually because Luke yeah. and I are coming up on our anniversary here in a couple of weeks and we are going to California for a weekend and that's the first time I'm being Whoa. away from play overnight both of us oh, you need it which is gonna be crazy yeah. and yeah it's it's I feel good about it purely to your point because I know if I pour into me I will be able to come back just so much better and more refreshed and able to pour back into him so it is important right. it's important to be selfish while it's not necessarily selfish because at the end of the day it's mm-hmm. for your baby yeah mm-hmm. okay let's talk about something big that really <laughs> is such an upheaval when you realize it after having a child is time management. Yes. Oh my God. Like there's such a thing. I mean, I know. Okay. So work aside, there's the new baby and like the bottle making. And did you wait, did you find days on maternity leave when I've never asked all this when you didn't even shower and it was like four o'clock or hadn't brushed your teeth. Oh yeah. You forget several times they bleed together. I don't even know why. I mean, I don't even know why that is. I always giant. It's so funny. I tell my friends like, those er, those first few days, because you were, I mean, I swear I went three straight weeks with zero minutes of sleep. Like, I think I was straight up operating on adrenaline. And I was telling my friends, like, I would sit there on the couch, and I'm watching the sun come up, and then I watched the sun go down, and then I watched the sun come up, and then I watched the sun go down. Like, that was my day. And like, yeah. to make it yeah. this point, you're sitting there breastfeeding every second, cluster feeding. I mean, I just was pure zombie, like, lost all track of time. Gosh. I had, I... Well, my head kept hurting. I was like, oh, God, I have headaches. I realized I was getting, like, a tension headache from my top knot that I literally oh, didn't take off my head gosh. for three months. It hurt so, like, and I realized. Oh, hilarious. It, back like, has it was, a nasty top yes. knot causing headaches. It never took down, and it, I was like, oh, my God. And I realized it was, like, tender right here from where the top knot sat for so long. weight yes. on your skull. Because I have a lot of hair, so uh-huh. yeah, I'm really heavy. That's amazing. Yeah. Not so in a good happens. way, but, like, amazing That's revelation. Amazing. I yeah. love it. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so professional women, like we've got our shit together. Like, sorry, I'm going to use that word. But like in life, we basically do, right? Like we come to work, we track all of our time. We track our time, y'all listeners to the minute at DMA. So because that's what we do, we've got to sell our time. So anyway, these women (laughs) are so used to that and then go into this three month like black hole. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Then you come back to work. You finally get the black hole at home figured out like how to pack a bag and like run to target and come back. And that's mm-hmm. like a five hour process. And then you come back to work. So how did that time management, 
like, was it kind of a gift to get back into the old routine? Mm-hmm. Well, it's an old routine, but it's a new routine. So okay. We, like, we had to get a new routine around... Getting the baby ready. Yeah, getting yeah, getting up morning. in the morning and dealing with all of that and what's that look like. So um, what time does your day start? Well, typically mine starts at 5 a.m. Well, now that she sleeps through the night. And we're talking before, it was like... Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> typically my day starts at 5 a.m. I like to get up, get a workout in before she gets up. Her wake time is about 7 a.m. Oh, good for you. Okay. So, um, yeah, she yeah she's doing awesome now. She sleeps 7 to 7, typically, or 7.30, Sweet. 7.30 or so to 7. She needs it. That's good. Making up for all those months where mm-hmm. she that did not happen mm-hmm. for the longest time. So, um, so you know, I'll, I'll get up, get a workout in, um, and then I'll get her up, get her ready, feed her, get her ready, dressed. Um, then sometimes if we have time, I'll take her and the dog out for a quick little walk. And then um, I get back and then I hand her off to Turner. And you come to work. Yeah. And then I go get ready for work and come to work, get all my stuff together. Now I have to, I've started, I have an evening routine Mm -hmm. now. So I have to get all, I get all these things packed to get the bag. Like I get her bag, her lunch, her bottles for the day. Like I get everything packed up and ready to go. So they're ready in the morning. And then I pack my nursing stuff for the day in my bag and I have to pack my lunch like everything's ready to go okay because if it's not it's like chaotic in the morning mm-hmm. and I want to pull my hair out okay <laughs> okay good okay yeah. how about you it was like that for me for the longest time when Clay was going to daycare it was all about the evening routine yeah gotta set yourself up because in the mornings now Mac and I are very different in that sense I am not up at 5 a.m nor <laughs> will I ever be unless I have to be um but I will sleep as late as I can yeah. until baby wakes up. I am usually up around, well, Clay actually sleeps in now like crazy. I don't, I don't understand him, but I'm grateful. I think God knew I was a, I love my sleep. And so he gave me a child that loves sleep. <laughs> praise the Lord. So he wakes up usually around 8am to 8:30, And so we just wake up and it's different now because I'm home with him. Mm-hmm. And so we, we too love our walks. That's something we pretty much do twice a day now. It's just nice now that I am home. It's my mm-hmm. excuse to get out of the house. We've got a good like meal routine where I squeeze my time in to work and get some emails done while he's eating. He takes a three-hour nap in the middle of the day, so that's usually when I'm getting my quiet time and getting to cram my hours of work in. Mm-hmm. Also in the evenings, I mean, they go to bed so early now, and so if there's ever anything yeah. lingering, it's a perfect time to mm-hmm. have some yeah. quiet time again to yourself where you can knock some things out. The routine now looks way different than it did six months ago, and I'm sure it'll look way different six yeah. months from now, too. So time management-wise, from that perspective, also ever-changing, but I feel like I've got my grips around it, and it's been really smooth. What I hope le- leaders are hearing is that, again, it's not one-size-fits-all, but also McKinsey's reality we forget, like I even have forgotten about all that, but as she's saying it and like getting the formula ready and putting it in the little jar and the, all those things and the two outfit changes and the diapers Mm -hmm. and the, Mm -hmm. it's a lot y'all. So what I hope you're hearing is what a, like this robust life that these people are living from 5.00 AM, 7.00 AM down to whenever this, they go to bed at night. So if they're working at night, and then getting up in the morning and going through these routines, you know, Hannah's got a different scenario, but it's still, you heard her say it, she's working in the hours that she does get paid for mm-hmm. within the times that she can when are available. So it's just not easy. 
the time management aspect is just not a cakewalk. And so empathy is required, flexibility is required, and just acceptance that things are going to get weird. Yeah, I do think like <laughs> a little yeah. time. Yeah, and I think it's good to note that I'm sure some new moms like potentially could come to work maybe a little on edge. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, that's why if they aren't able to necessarily filter through those feelings, and that's probably why because you know, and the the evenings are good and they're also like really rough sometimes because to Mackenzie's point you are spending so much time getting ready for the next day which you just finished your day and you're like it just literally never ends you know I I feel like I spend there's no time for yourself no there's not there really isn't yeah I feel like I spend 30 minutes to 45 minutes every single night at the sink cleaning bottles and toys that have hit the floor and it's like it's just all it's all about baby 24 7 and so it doesn't really leave much room for you and then when you go to work it's all about the work and so it's just, it's a constant 24-7 juggle. Yeah. Like the kitchen is like somehow every time I get home, I'm like, the kitchen's a wreck. Yeah. I'm like, how? Because I clean it every night. Yeah. So there are no dishes in the sink. And then I get home and there are dishes everywhere. I, I don't know how it, ha- how does that happen? Someone please explain it to me. Someone <laughs> there. I need a camera. Like I need to see, need yeah, like sure. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's. It's, it's pretty crazy. The time, man- I think if someone didn't have good time management skills, mm-hmm. and I do think about this and worry about, you know, I have friends or I have people I know that probably don't have the best time management skills yeah. from what I've, interactions I've had with them. And I worry about this aspect for them. I think they will have a lot of trouble managing their emotions around the reality the of chaos, the routine and the chaos mm-hmm. because you have to, it's like, I've gotten it down to where I'm like, okay, like as soon as she hit, hits that crib and she's down and I know she's yes. down, I'm like, all right go to work. I'm like, let's go. And like, I kick my adrenaline on. I'm like, all right, I got to do this. 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 And then finally, when it's all done, I'm like, okay, now I got to like shut down, power down, go to bed. But like, I'm, there's no, like, you know, people like, oh, if you watch such and such as you watch, you know, I'm behind on all the shows and all the fun things. Cause like, I just don't have time. You don't have time. I listen to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. so I can do that. So like, I've got my earbuds in and I am learning bottles and you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so I'm, I'm doing that yeah yeah it's different I just want to call attention to how different <laughs> it is all right and then finally I just thought we could talk a little bit about different needs at work I know that's a big challenge for moms again I did some research and found that commonly what do people say are the hardest things this was one of them different needs at work so I want to talk about I, I just think it's interesting the childcare thing. You brought it up, Hannah. Mm-hmm. I just want y'all to know leaders who are listening to this, that childcare since at least since I've done it has more than tripled yeah, in cost yes. since the pandemic. I think it's gone up more because we have to find qualified individuals who want to do this work. It's almost like a calling, like mm-hmm. people who can keep toddlers all day or bay infants yeah. all day long. Wow. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm surprised I got away with it for as little as I did. And at the time I didn't think it was very little. It was a huge chunk of our income, but it was worth it. So talk to us a little bit about that childcare availability. Like that's you, we, you already mentioned breastfeeding. That's a big topic. And then scheduling just life, your life. And that kind of goes with time management. But what I want leaders to hear more about is the childcare conundrum. Mm -hmm. This was, I think for both of us, our biggest, we talked a lot about this biggest stressor, when we were preparing to go out on maternity leave, we, we yes. were really stressed about what the heck are we going to do about childcare costs so much money. Like, like it's more than my mortgage, like a full-time mm-hmm. childcare five days a week, nine to six or eight to six kind of deal is 
significantly more than my mortgage. Like I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know how, frankly, I don't know how some people do it. Um, you know, unless they're making a certain amount of money, like, I'm like, how do people do it? Yeah. You know, it's gotta be so challenging. So I, I think mean, a you lot saying, of empathy. You saying it's more than my mortgage puts it into perspective for a lot of people. Yeah. Know that we live in Texas. We don't live in California. So our mortgage isn't like $12,000 a month, but it's yeah. thousands of dollars a month. Right. So more than that is right. was a shock to me. Like the average, I would say for like a full it here in, in, in Dallas, mm-hmm. like a eight to five, you're putting them in Monday through Friday, I would say would probably be somewhere between 2000 and $2,500. And that's eight to five at an establishment that you trust the people. And it's yes. like something you would leave your child comfortably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like where you're pulling out and you're like, oh no, I'm leaving this baby. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay crazy. Yeah. So a lot of money. So we were really blessed to where we were like, okay, we're not going to do that because that's so much money. And also we didn't need that. Um, my husband, he's a, a restaurant manager, so his schedule it's is different, different than mine. Mm-hmm. So we were like, I don't want to pay to have her in childcare all day. If you're going to be home all day, like it just didn't make sense. So we worked it out to where, um, well, we, we did a lot of research and we found an option that allowed a more flexible type schedule, mother stay out program at a church, which we love. Um, before that we had a nanny that we were using a friend, just a friend mm-hmm. that she was like, Hey, she's a stay at home mom. She's like, I just want to earn some extra cash. Like she had, you know, has several kids and she does some homeschooling and, um, she's great with babies. So I fully trusted her and she was like, yeah, you know, here's what my hourly rate is. I'm happy. Like just drop her off, pick her up, you know? So we just kind of had a nice little gig going with her for a while. Um, she's pregnant actually do any day now having her fourth child. We had to find it as an option. She was like, I'm not going to be able to keep doing this. So that's where we found a great mother's day out program with the church that worked for us. But I guess the takeaway for leaders in all of this is to know that childcare is a huge challenge. It's a huge expense um, it's probably going to be a huge stressor in finding the right thing. Um, so there's just going to have to be some patience around, um, trying to figure out how to make that the right work. Mix. You know, I would say, see if you can have some flexibility with people around, like example, our mother's day out program that we love, it ends at four 30. Mm-hmm. Most mother's day out programs don't last very long. So what that means is I've had to work something out with you to where it's cool. I, I leave here at four o'clock, which I used to, I used to be here late, like yeah, forever. Like, yeah. For, like that, you know, you're so always the last person to it's leave cha- yeah, for the my, last 12 years. My schedule's yes. definitely changed. So I typically leave at four o'clock with the, you know, maybe one or two days a week. There's some days, of yeah. days when, when my husband is off work or home during mm-hmm. the week, but I typically leave then to go pick her up from her program. But what that means is, I almost always get back online mm-hmm. as soon as she's down and I'm sitting down to eat, I pull my laptop mm-hmm. out and I get back online and make sure that nothing, there's always little things that came through in that four o'clock hour that I missed. And I address those before I go to bed. A hundred percent. Always. Do. So like with you, it's nice. Like I'll, I'll won't even realize mackenzie has gone 
of the day. And it's just a, you know, it's not every day. So it's some days, but I'll forget. And then I'll walk out. I see an email come through from her and I'll just walk out to go talk to her at her desk. And I'm like, Oh, she's home. Yeah. But she's right on it. So there's no, I don't, I don't feel like we skip a beat relative to your communication, which makes this work. Yes. So leaders, you must have someone who's reciprocal. Mm -hmm. Exactly. In the gratitude, like Mackenzie shows us she's grateful and she wants to hold on to what she's got because of her like hop to hop to itness. I don't even know if that's a word, but you hop to making sure that you're covering all the bases and in your leadership role, you kind of have to. Right. You know, for sure. And, and I would say just as easily, there could be people out there that the trust isn't there. And I know. It wouldn't work so maybe it them. won't work for you, leader. If yeah. you yeah. have someone you can't trust, we can trust Hannah too. So it's the same thing. They have mm-hmm. to prove it. Like they have to prove that they're on it. And you know, the minute that something stops working or slips through the cracks, or you start noticing a chronic problem, problem. that's where that trust starts to mm-hmm. erode. And right. it's like, okay, is let's, you might have to have a conversation. Is this really working at this right. point? This arrangement may not be working anymore. Right. So if I would say the person you're leading, if they value it and they want to make it work, they're going to figure out how to make it work and prove to you that like, I can do this. Their reality though might be, I don't know, they might have a different situation at home. They might have a baby that won't go to sleep when they put them down the crib. And they, I don't know, they might have a weird situation where they just can't make it work and get online at night. You're going to have to have a conversation with them. You are. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. 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 So it's a variable. Yeah. Anything you wanted to add here on childcare? You had the same problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Nightmare. Our scenarios are definitely so similar um, as far as like the timing and lineup goes. I also had a goal of keeping Clay out of daycare for his first six months. I really, really wanted him to be home. And so I had the luxury of having my sister, my mother-in-law, my mother, girlfriends even, just available to help tend to clay as I came back to work those first several months. And as I mentioned earlier, we had a daycare lined up that was set to open in April, right at his six month mark. And that of course did not happen. And so that delay was unforeseen and that was a huge stress. And I don't know what I would have done had DMA not been so flexible with me during those couple months as we waited for it to open. And then we opened and he went to daycare and it was great. Honestly, it went a lot smoother than I thought. I really liked it. I liked the location and I liked that he was getting to socialize, make some friends and stuff. We just had the unforeseen hiccup with him being chronically ill. And, um, after hospital stay, that was pretty much where I drew the line. And so is that forever? No, I really pray one day that we can get him back in there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was so great for him and we've gotten him over the one year mark. That was my goal. And so we'll see where that goes now. Like I've mentioned, I'm home with him, but childcare is ever changing too. And we are lucky that we've got family nearby. My husband works full time on a Monday through Friday basis. And so we're both working and it's just a little bit challenging sometimes during the day when maybe I need to jump on a call, but my son's like wide awake. And now he's at the age, you know, where he doesn't like to sit still. And so that is a whole different factor than six months ago. It probably would have been a tad easier mm-hmm. managing my time from home with him. Then now it's constant attention. He's on the go. And so it's like, I mean, I have to be all eyes on him 24 seven, make sure he doesn't mm-hmm. hurt himself. Exactly. So that looks different. Yes. Um, we have what we call a little baby jail set up in our living room that yeah. he hangs out in. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been actually smooth. It, 
to Max point, it was definitely the number one stressor, 1000%. That's really what I thought about the whole time through maternity leave is like, what am I going to do with this kid once I have to go back to work? Do you wish you would, both of you, do you wish you would have started the, the child care search sooner? Well, yes. yes. And I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to say that, that I was never told. I mean, I knew that there was somewhat of a wait a little bit, like with child care. I just didn't realize how long the wait lists were. Like most places I looked at had nearly a year out. And so like all of a sudden I've got this newborn, I'm trying to go back to work in a few weeks and I'm like, oh gosh, like a year, like I, I only have like six weeks to wait. So that was definitely stressful. Um, and it was just a lot of pressure to find the right place in a very quick turnaround time to max point, crazy expensive, but it's like, I'm willing to spend more because I want them to be safe. But then like, is that the right move for us? It's, it adds up quickly, but once you find the right location and you find people you can trust, I mean, you can justify the price if you're able to afford something like that. But man, it's, it's hard to pay someone else to tend to your baby. Like, I think that's where I was struggling so much is I'm like, I'm paying thousands of dollars for a stranger to take care of my baby when I want to take care of my baby for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's where it was like a little bit challenging, but at the same time, like I reminded myself, it was great for him from a social perspective. It was great for me. I was able to dive into my work and pour back into myself. Um, so this season's a little bit different and challenging in the sense I've had to kind of take a step back and pause for a moment. But I'm looking forward to the day where, you know, our scenario changes again. It's mm-hmm. just going to constantly change. Yeah. yeah. I want to be vulnerable right now and say this for leaders who are like X gener or later millennials and older, you, you can't relate to this line of thinking. I, I I'm guessing because we, I didn't know anybody who didn't have their daycare locked in when they were at six or seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was weird that y'all didn't. Like, I'm going to be honest with you both. Like, I was like, what are they going to do? Like, and I remember asking, like, what are y'all going to do? And y'all were like, well, we'll just, you know, well, and I was like, you. So one of my big takeaways and wishes, if I could go back in time, is to be like, no, you need to know, like, by eight month seven at the latest, Mm -hmm. like, you got to tell me. Yeah. Only for your benefit, not for mine, but for you. So leaders help them understand these women or men who are kind of like, oh, and they don't know. They've never had a baby before. They don't know. They never talked to a childcare facility before. They don't know that the wait list is a year to your point. Mine was nine months. Yeah. I didn't have many friends who did daycare. So I think I just didn't have anyone like contact told me. Yes, yeah. of course. That's well, what I mean. I, I think in like my head, like my most perfect scenario was I was going to have my child. And then like a few months later after maternity leave, I'd get a nanny and then like he would be home and it'd be fine. <laughs> or I, I, I thought, do. I thought my mom was going to do most of it. And yeah. then and that's then another the, mistake. That he, it, yeah. yeah. And I remember talking <laughs> to you about that. And I was like, oh, I think my mom's going to do that. Sure. And then I actually talked to her about it, and then she was all kind of weird and skirting around it. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, she, she doesn't want to do she this. She doesn't want to do it. So, t- so yeah. the revelation is, I don't know why I did that. I had friends that were like, dude, you better get on that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, aha. And the achievement, achiever person, I was like, I got to get the best. And the, you know, but we all went in together and did it. So it was easy. But. Y'all, I, I worried about that for you. I really, really did. But and I didn't want to like force you to do anything 
because it's your business, but also I knew it was going to end up biting somebody in the butt. Yeah. I was fighting the daycare thing. Like I was trying to find yeah. any other solution besides that. I know. So yeah. my brain, I was like, I mean, there's so many but other that's solutions. Reality. But that's where we ended up. I know. And that's so, where people are going to end up. I was like, oh. yeah, because it is the solution uh-huh, or yeah. lock it down and then find something else and then cancel it. But lock yes. it down. Yeah. Just get on the list. Have that safety yes. net. I think it could. Maybe it could have helped y'all with your anxiety. Mm-hmm. It, the yeah, transition. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And all that other crap that you have to deal with that we just talked about that nobody wants to talk about. Well, no. it, I mean, you just want to know week over week, you know, like where your kid's yeah. going to go and who's going to be your kid and not be trying to figure that out yeah. over the weekend. 100%. Okay. So if y'all could summarize, because we're going to wrap here pretty quick, but what I usually ask Danelle in these types of episodes is what do you know for sure? So I'm going to ask you, what do you know for sure? What advice would you give to employers or leaders who are currently leading pregnant people or people who are already on leave as a result of birth? What would you say? I mean, you're going to need to have some degree of flexibility or at least empathy ready to go because if this is their first baby, Uh they're they're going to be in a whirlwind of learning what the heck they're doing right now. And, and it's just going to be different for everyone. And there's not going to be a one size fits all solution for every situation like this. There's just not. And every baby is different. We want it to be as leaders. We all want it to be, but we'll, you know, and I even say this now, someday we'll be going through this again, having second babies. And we'll probably have to have another version of this conversation because there's going to be some different Mm -hmm. learning curve there that we're going to have to go through. And the experience is going to be different. And what's that Mm going to look like? So, um, I mean, that's a big part of it. And the flexibility Mm -hmm. also with the daycare thing, something else that we've kind of touched on, um, the illnesses, yeah. I'm going through that Good right now. What you mm-hmm. just went through, I'm So the going mom's going to get sick. The dad's Day- going to get sick. Daycare, sy- <laughs> yeah, daycare syndrome. So Everybody's I'm going through this. Sick. Yeah. Sickness. <laughs> and what does that look like from a work perspective? Can you be flexible and allow work from home? Like, can you be yeah. understanding? What, what happens when baby is sick and can't go to daycare? And now there's no child care solution. Which we already knew that. Right. Mm-hmm. That was easy. We knocked that out. Yeah. Y'all asked those questions, which were hard questions yeah. to ask. But you asked the questions, you made us think about it, and then we had an answer. So there was no ifs, yeah. ands, or buts. I that thank God we yeah. did that. And then you know, moms means that you know that's what I I. How many, often did I ever take a sick day before having a baby? Never. Like once a year, maybe like one day a year, rarely. Literally, I, if that. And this year, it's like and even I've if you were sick, sick, you'd power through it. I don't know yeah. why, but you did. <laughs> oh, well, I'm still trying to do that, but I think it's getting harder. In my mid thirties, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, welcome. But yeah, yeah, yay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've had like I've been sick like five times in like three months or something stupid. Like it's, I, I'm. I think that's a hundred percent. You've been more. I've been sick. You've been more sick than you ever have in the last twelve years. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's been hard with work. Like, no, and you don't like to be out. sick. I don't like to be sick. I, I still, I have no problem powering through and getting work done while I'm sick. Like I can do it, but it's been a challenge. Like for me with the, the bronchitis, I've, I had to cancel a few client calls. Cause I was just like, <coughs> right. Right. On the calls. So like that was an issue. So hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have to, the, the understanding 
patience, flexibility, understanding around is what it those is. realities. Like, know that if you've got a working mom, she's got a baby in daycare, like, about mm-hmm. two, three months into the daycare You're gonna get sick. routine. Mm-hmm. She's going to be calling you and telling you that everyone's sick. And Mackenzie's one of these people, leaders, that are, she'll look at you and she'll be, like, running a fever and on the verge of tears and be like, do you think I should go home? <laughs> Like, do you think this is bad? I'm like, fine. I'm yeah, fine. I'm, I'm totally fine. But do you think I should be here? And I'm like, no, I don't. Go away. Get out. Like, go. Uh-huh. Please save yourself and save everyone else. So sometimes you're just going to have to do that with people. Now, Hannah, your husband was sick. Yeah, I mean. I don't mean. Know. I know you didn't, probably don't want to go down that road. Oh, I mean, Clay brought home all the germs. Like, to Mackenzie's The flexibility. Like, like the parents get sick, too. And um, they both were just, it was just nonstop. And of course you expect your kids to get sick when they start daycare. Like yeah. that was so normal. And we had full intentions on that happening and it happened, but then it kept happening like back to back to back. And which was a little bit abnormal in our scenario, what ended up shaking out. And so with the recommendation of pediatrician and like Luke and I's conversations. And like I said, I mean, there's just so many additional doctor visits, yes. ER visits for both my husband and my baby. And then the hospital stay, like I said, it just, you know, you kind of have to start deciding like where, where's the fine line here and where do I draw the line? And, um, yeah, six straight weeks of illness, like not just colds, but I'm talking about like really severe. (laughs) Yes. Um, I laugh about it now, but it was like, it was awful, awful, really awful. And when you're going through that, like I literally could not focus on work to save my life. Like it was so hard and that's where like, the guilt to Mackenzie's point comes in from like a work standpoint where it's like, I need to show up for my job. Like I need to do that. But then I'm like, I can't because I'm needing to focus on my family, which is always going to come first. And so it was just like a weird, that's where ultimately I decided, okay, what's like the fair thing to do right now? Hence my current situation. And the so 25. Yeah. Yeah. Going to part-time. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, knock on wood, we've been healthy ever since pulling him out of daycare, as y'all can imagine. Um, but yeah, I think patience ultimately is okay. what leaders are going to need and the realization that like motherhood is indefinite. And so I think everybody puts so much emphasis on the first few months back, which really that's great. Like, yes, emotionally, it's probably, I would say likely the most challenging, but there's going to be so many milestones in the future with your kids. Like I was just thinking about this, like you're going into your, almost your last final year with Cooper at home. Like that is going to require a whole set of needs and that's a huge milestone. And so good point. like leaders are going to have to be flexible now and you're later. Like, oh, no. I know you're like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was just thinking about that because I'm like, that's right. Man, yeah. We, it's always something. Yeah, it, it's the it's last year of middle. Then it's the last year of this. Yeah. It's the, I mean, it, you, you get used to the change, mm-hmm. but you're right. Like there's, there's these milestones and these timelines that we all have to be ready for. So mm-hmm. I have never felt at this company, like I couldn't go to the baseball game at four. Right. I knew I had to get back on probably at seven or eight mm-hmm. to make sure everything was tidied up before the bedtime. But I've never felt like I had to miss anything unless I was physically not present. And anytime I could control the presence of the milestone, yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's, it's all about those things that I guess what you're saying to leaders is, be patient, but also know that this is not going to come to an end anytime soon. And that these people want to be with their families just like you. Right. Yeah. Just like you do. And I do think it says a lot. Like if you're able to pour into your employee in that sense and honor a little bit of flexibility, like you're going to get that back in dividends uh-huh. from a work standpoint. Like they will respect their job so much more. Mm-hmm. They'll be really appreciative of where they work. 
And so I do, I do feel like obviously in reason that makes sense for both the business and the person, but I do think you as a leader will also be reciprocated in that way. If you give to your employee too, I do think they'll come back and honor that. I think so too, because realistically nobody wants to miss a thing. Yeah. They don't want to miss a thing. So let's be the people that help shepherd them to not miss a thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you both so much. Let's transition to music moment and let's make it quick. This will be like fire, <laughs> like fire, fire round. Fire round. Yeah. Okay. So because we're talking about babies, what's your favorite lullaby for the babies? And how would you rate your singing ability on a scale of one to 10? <laughs> one being the lowest, 10 being the highest. Mackenzie, you've got a good voice. Okay. What's your favorite lullaby? What do you um, sing? Well, I did, um, well, we did from the sound of music. These are a few of my favorite Aww. things. Raindrops and roses. We did, you I sing, sing that? Her that. Mm. Um, I sing her that a lot while on maternity leave when I was just, she would just cry. Um, but I have like a little Spotify playlist for her that I have several songs. Um, what is it? Pocket Full of Rainbows, Elvis Presley. That's mm. one of the ones I like for her. Um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those classic. Yummy sweet. songs. Yeah, sweet little yummy baby songs. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of those. And but you playlists. sing, you sing "Sound of Music" to her. That was one that I found myself singing to her a lot. Yeah. Isn't that funny? So like fun. no one tells you that, but you do. You just start Naturally. singing, like mm-hmm. when you're bouncing and you're padding, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, yeah. "Here we go, here we go. Yeah. We're gonna hush now." <laughs> and that's what comes out. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's so sweet. And yeah. Mackenzie does have a beautiful voice. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Hannah? <laughs> Um, I actually sing Clay to sleep pretty much every night. I will sing some type of lullaby right before I lay him down. Um, I do a lot of like the basic standard ones. Like I twinkle, twinkle, little stars, always Aww. hot hit. Um, we love <laughs> Jesus loves me. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Um, my husband actually sings to him, paint me a Birmingham, which is a country song. If no one's aware of that one, but that's a very easy, mellow one. Um, my singing voice, Lord, not great. I'm not gifted in that. Thank goodness your children have unconditional love for you. I don't know what he, what I sound like <laughs> to him. It sounds like probably beautiful. Angel. Yes. It yeah. Like angels in the room. But yeah, I yeah. really struggle to hit those notes, but it's okay. Yes. I always like, I always get so paranoid that my husband's like listening to me singing through the like video camera. I'm like, Lord, I oh, hope like, he cannot hear me right now. And really who cares? Like yeah. at that point, it's like, so funny. let it rip. Yeah. Yeah. I would always sing to Cooper, like you saying, um, a few of my favorite things. I would go to fix you from Coldplay. I don't know why, but he would be screaming and I would just go into Coldplay and I didn't sound anything like Chris Martin. I had no business singing that song, but the words of it were so sweet about fixing somebody. And so I would always try to sing that for him. But that I still like when I look at him, sometimes I'll be like, I want to fix you (laughs) if he's upset, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't sound good. So, and (laughs) certainly not as Chris Martin. So. All right, ladies, thank you so much. I don't know how many show notes we're going to have today. There'll be some. Yeah. yeah. But not a lot um, because everything that we talked about was firsthand from our experiences. Thank you for telling a friend about it. Please tell a friend if you know someone who's leading or about to go through, you know, a maternity leave or a return back to work or a pregnancy. This is probably going to be helpful for them and for, for, the, for the leader who's leading them to help them navigate that. Don't forget to visit BeSelfSmarter.com for all the tools and resources we have available to you. And until next week, we send you into the week with grateful hearts. Bye-bye. Bye. As always, you can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Self Smarter Podcasts. You can also leave a rating or review if you enjoyed what you heard today. 
Not only does this mean so much to us, but it also helps other leaders and future leaders find our community. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us in becoming self-smarter. This podcast is produced by Snacks Media and music is from a free platform. Well, that is until Brandy Carlisle reaches out to us to write the original score for our podcast. Friends, have a great rest of your day.